0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, This morning, I want to take a little bit of your time and share a Bible story with you. It's found in the Old Testament, book of 1 Samuel, chapter 25. And the central figure of our story is David. If you've been visiting, if, if if you're visiting with us, I want you to know we're currently in a sermon series at revolves around his life at the outset of the story David is in the wilderness of Maon and he and 600 other men are hiding from Saul king of Israel because Saul had sworn to take David's life and they'd been in this wilderness for quite some time maybe Scott a year could have been years you may be asking, you may, maybe you know, you're familiar with the story, and you've asked, how did they survive? You know, all this time in the middle of a wilderness, where did they get their funding? How did they get food and supplies? One of the things David and his men would do is they would volunteer their services, get the word volunteer, and provide security for wealthy landowners. When the shepherds of the wealthy would take the flocks of the wealthy out into the wilderness to graze, sometimes David and his men would protect them from bandits to make sure nobody harmed any of the shepherds or stole any of the flocks. And they had been providing security for a man named Nabal. Nabal was... A wealthy man. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word translated into the English word wealthy actually means heavy. Or in other words, loaded. You got it? <laughs> he was wealthy. The Bible goes on to tell us he had 3,000 sheep. And he had 1,000 goats. Nabal was a wealthy man. But Nabal was also a jerk. You said, no, wait a minute, Ron. Wait. Does the Bible say that he was a jerk? Well, in so many words, it does. Uh, if you read his story, you'll find it from the text that Nabal was described with words like crude, mean, ill tempered, wicked, insulting, loud. What, what does he sound like to you? Sound like a jerk. The Bible said that he was impossible to talk to. It's right in there. You read impossible to talk to. Or, in other words, impossible to reason with. You ever tried to reason with a jerk? Huh? When you continue reading his story, you'll find that he was selfish, unfair. He abused people, used people cheated people, he was condescending disrespectful, contentious and hostile man, he was a poster child for jerks he was married to a woman named Abigail the Bible describes her with two words sensible and beautiful she had a lot of gray matter housed in a Nice package. She was easy on the eyes. You say, I can't believe my preacher said. I can't believe I said it wasn't in my notes. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Sensible and beautiful. As you go going to read, you find out that she was also humble. She was generous. She was gracious. She was godly. You want to talk about a mismatch? You know, you talk about the odd couple. These 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 two were the odd couple. One day David heard that Nabal was having all 3,000 of his sheep sheared. And so he selected 10 men from his army of 600. Young men, probably articulate. Men he knew would represent him well. And he assumed that because this is the time the sheep are being sheared. He's about to sell the wool off of 3,000 sheep. He's about to get a big paycheck as though he needed another one. This might be the time to ask him... To be generous with us. So the ten young men go down, they meet Nabal, they introduce themselves. We're the guys who've been watching your shepherds and protecting them and your flocks, and, and, and we did a great job. And he, they even said, You can ask your men. They'll tell you, oh, the, the, nothing was ever stolen. We were never harmed, and and said, We know this is a celebrative time for you. You're about to get a big check. And in light of how kind we've been to you, our boss David wants to know, would you be kind to us and maybe share some of your provisions? You know what Nabal did? Nabal is what? The Bible said Nabal sneered at them. You know what that means? He looked at them in kind of a condescending, are you kidding me? contemptuous look you ever seen that look i'm trying to give you the look you know what i'm talking about that kind of looking down their nose at you you know he looked he sneered at him and he asked who is david you gotta understand he knew david who is david and who does david think he is He said he's just another servant who's broken away from his master that's trying to live on handouts. Well, he'll get nothing of mine, and I'll give him nothing, and I won't give anything to you band of outlaws who came from you know where. Now, you think that's bad? Uh, On over in the story, we find that he proceeded to scream insults at these ten men. Screamed insults. He insulted them, and he insulted David. What do the ten men do? They tipped their hats, got back on their horses, and they rode back to David, and they said, David, that guy's a jerk. Man, he treated us like jerks, and the things he said about you, he talked about you like a jerk. So you know what David did? David said, well, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God loves him. He's as much as God's child as anybody. No. (laughs) That may have come from the new liberal translation. You know what David did? David stood up, got his sword, strapped it on his side. Said, uh, two out of every three of you guys, arm yourselves. 400 men, arm yourselves. Where are we going, boss? We're going to kill a jerk. You ever want to kill a jerk? I know you haven't. I know you haven't. No, you've never fantasized about killing a jerk, have you? <laughs> they are going to kill the jerk. And as they rode in Nabal's direction, he, sa- he took an oath. Well, he said, he kind of complained he said, as, as we tried to help this guy, and he wouldn't help us, and, and we were good to him, and he's he's exchanging evil for our good. And he said, May God kill me dead if Nabal or any of his men live to see another day. He's not going to kill Nabal. He's going to kill all the men, all the men that work for him. He, and I tell you what, apparently he wasn't just going to kill all the men that work, he's going to kill Nabal's entire family. They start in the direction. Now, I want you to look what happened. We're going to have to read some of this story, and I'm trying trying to abbreviate it. It's one of those stories you wish you had a whole hour just to tell. Man, it's a fascinating story, and I want you to read for it. Look what happened. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. You see in this? These men have been very good to us. That wasn't David's men talking. That was Nabal's men. We never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You saw that, didn't you? They did a good job. All the enables men knew it. This young man said to Abigail, you need to know this and figure out what to do. For there's going to be trouble for our master and his entire family his whole family he's so ill-tempered <laughs> that no one can even talk to him you know what he's saying you know that our boss is a jerk look what Abigail did Abigail wasted no time she quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread where do you think it came from it came out in Nabal's pantry by the way 200 loaves of bread two wineskins full of wine five sheep that have been slaughtered I thought about the can you imagine Nabal shearing the sheep 2,994, 2,995, whoa, David had five. Five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, a hundred clusters of raisins, 200 fig cakes, all coming out of Nabal's pantry. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go on ahead, I'll follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband, Nabal, what she was doing. She mounted her donkey. She rode in the direction she thought David would be coming from. She went into a mountain pass, and lo and behold, she came face to face with David and his 400 assassins. And what did she do? Look at verse number 23. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. Humble, I told you that. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Come on now. You know what? If you know jerks, jerks have always got people who serve as a buffer. Their blood pressure's been kind of high. kind of you, know, you know how they are. You know, that's what she's doing. I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill tempered man. What's she saying? I know Nabal is a jerk, man. He's a jerk. Look what she says, because this is huge. Please don't pay any attention to him. He's a fool, just as his name suggests. You know what the name Nabal means? I'll give you one guess. Fool. Ah, jerk. Somebody said jerk. Fool means fool. But I never even saw the young man you sent. Now my Lord as surely as the Lord lives, godly woman, and you yourself live. Since the Lord has kept you from murdering. You see what he's planning. Murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands. Let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. Remember this. You heard this from me. You heard about the curse of the jerk. You got it? The curse of the jerk. You say, what does that mean? We're going to see. And none of us want to live under the curse of the jerk. You got it? She said, yeah, he because cursed his neighbor. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty for you are fighting the Lord's battles. And you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Which tells me she didn't know David as well as she thought. Even when you're chased by those who seek to kill you. These next sentences are very important to what I'm going to be talking about. She said, your life is is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. What a thought. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. In other words, David, you don't have to do this. You got a God that will take care of your dirty work if there's any dirty work that needs to be done when the lord has done all his promises and made you leader of israel look what she said big stuff here don't let this be a blemish on your record then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance and when the lord has done these great things for you please remember me your servant she stands there awaiting his response and David began to thank God Then he began to thank her and he explained God sent you to prevent me from doing a lot of wrong because if you hadn't stepped in and intervened and spoke with a voice of reason I was gonna kill him I was gonna kill all his men honey I was gonna hurt you I believe he's saying I'd have killed you He said, but this is what's going to go down. I'm accepting your gift. I'm going on with my life. I'll leave Nabal for God. I just want you to go home in peace. So David goes his way. She goes back home. She gets home. Guess what Nabal's doing? He's he's throwing this huge party. The Bible said it was a party like a king would throw. I mean, there's, there's an endless buffet. Alcohol is flowing like water. And Nabal, he is drunk out of his mind. She waits till he sobers up. She sat him down and said, Got to tell you something, Nabal. (laughs) Fool. Uh, The other day, 10 men came, talked to you about the services they had rendered, and asked if you would show kindness to them for the kindness they'd shown to you, and you treated them like a jerk. I'm sure you had a good laugh about it I'm sure that it fed your ego what you don't know is that David and 400 bloodthirsty murderers came a calling they came to kill you and our men and our family Including me. And I can tell you, if it hadn't been for the intervention of God and your wife, we'd all be dead. Because you're a jerk. The Bible said at this point he would he had a stroke. I guess the realization of how close he came to his death, and everything, he had a stroke. And the Bible said he lay like a stone for 10 days. And on the 10th day, I'm quoting from the Bible. Please, please. This is what the Bible said. The Bible said the Lord struck him after 10 days and killed him. Word got to David. David stepped back and said, thank you, God, that I didn't take matters in my own hands. Thank you for taking care of that jerk. Puts together some messengers, sends them down to Carmel with a request of Abigail. He said, would you be my wife? Sensible. Beautiful. You know what she said? Why, well, I'd take a position on his staff if he asked, sure, I'll be his wife. And they were married. All right. I like that story. I don't know why. I guess because just let me give you the let me give you the first lesson. It's bad news, but it's the truth. Lesson number one from this story is jerks are everywhere, huh? Jerks are everywhere. I think I like this story because I'm I'll soon be sixty one, and in sixty one years of living, I've had a lot of jerk encounters. You know what I'm talking about? Jerks are ever, here.'s David out in the middle of a wilderness. Wouldn't you think if there's any way you could possibly avoid a jerk, this would be the place? But oh no, right here in the middle of nowhere, he has a jerk encounter. Of all the wealthy people he could have provided security for, he pulls a name out of a hat, and the name is Nabal the Fool the Jerk. Listen to me, man. I'm going to tell you something that most of you already know. If you don't, you need to know this. Jerks are everywhere. I'm not saying that everybody is a jerk. Most people aren't jerks. But you're never going to be able to navigate throughout the course of life without some jerk encounters. They're everywhere. They're neighborhood jerks. Uh, You know them. Their dog barked all night last night. As it did the night before. And the night before that, they're, they're supervisor jerks. I figured the staff here would give a standing ovation or some hallelujahs or something, you know? They're coworker jerks. Oh, man. They're theater jerks. You ever go to movies? I don't anymore. You know why? Jerks go to movies. Not everybody in the theater is a jerk, but I'll tell you where you can find them. They're right behind me. If I, You've waited for the opening. You've paid for your tickets. And all of a sudden, you're, you're wanting to get enthralled in this great movie. And behind you are jerks. You know, they're eating gummy bears with their mouth open. They're slurping their drink. They're talking to each other. They've seen the movie already. They're narrating it a second before something happens. They're law enforcement jerks now I gotta I'm gonna confess I've been pulled over a few times (laughs) most of the officers were courteous and professional but Mike one night in Abbeville I encountered a jerk you remember I'd have been all right but I was under Mike's influence and he led me to some bad things They're physician jerks. My doctor is an ace, but I've been referred to a couple of doctors, and I don't know why they were in the field of medicine, because they hated people, and they sure hated me. They're customer jerks. And for those of you who are in business for yourselves, you've had some folks that said, I'll pay you money if you'll do this. You've got their money, but you, you would gladly give it back and more if you didn't have to deal with them ever again. They're salesman jerks. There are preacher jerks. I expected an amen or two there, you know. They're church jerks. Sports jerks. If you've ever coached a rec team or a varsity, oh, you've met some parents who were sports jerks. If your kids were on the team, you sat in the bleachers with some sports jerks. They're checkout line jerks. I know how, listen, you say, how would you know one? If you see me in the grocery store, I'm in the checkout line, the person directly in front of me is a checkout line jerk. So here's what I'm saying. If you see me in the checkout line, save yourselves. It's too late for me, too late. They're drive-thru jerks. You know, you go through the drive-thru at a fast-food restaurant because of what? You're in a hurry. I was born in a hurry. I've been in a hurry all my life. My mama said the first words out of my mouth were, what are we waiting on? I just I, If you go through, the, you're in a hurry, fast food, drive through I don't have time to walk in. And you get behind the drive through jerk, and they can't just go, number two with a Coke. Number two combo with a Coke. They can't do that. They have to tear down the combo and rebuild the combo so that it doesn't no longer even resemble the combo. And you're thinking, what are you doing? If you didn't want a hamburger, don't order number two. And then they're highway jerks. Huh? These are the worst. You'll know know them because they're the one who didn't even stop at the stop sign, pulled right out in front of you. You're standing on the brakes that go 200 yards and turn into the Dollar General parking lot. (laughs) You don't know what was in there that was worth risking lives for, but they had to get there. Got to get to the Dollar General. Listen to me, guys. There are jerks everywhere. That's the lesson number one. That's the bad news. good news is this. Ready? Lesson number two is this. God is greater than any jerk. God is greater than any jerk. What do you mean? God can bless you in spite of a jerk. You can be happy in spite of anything a jerk ever does to you. Some of you don't believe that. You've been entertaining major changes in your life to get away from a jerk. Because you think, as long as I'm around, I can never be happy. Truth is, God is greater than any jerk. So, look at David. Nabal was tickled to death. I treated David like a jerk, and he got nothing. I cheated him out of it. I messed up his life. That's the way jerks think. There's not a problem with that. You can't change the way a jerk. You know what bothers me? The way David was thinking. You know what David thought? That jerk messed me up. That jerk cheated me. I was supposed to have provisions. Now, I want you to think about this. Did the jerk succeed David ended up with a wagon load of stuff. You know why? Because God is greater than any jerk. God overrode the jerk and made sure David got what he needed. God blessed David in spite of the jerk. I'm telling you God is greater than any jerk He can give you He can bless you in spite of a jerk or jerks. He, he, can, he can give you a happy life in spite of these jerks. You understand that. So in light of these two lessons, I'm going to encourage you to do something. Don't let a jerk make a jerk out of you. You know what jerks do? They make us mad. Hmm? They make us mad. You know what they're hoping for? They're hoping they can make us mad enough that we stoop to their level and we treat them like a jerk. They want us to get in a shouting match with them. They want us to swap insults with them. They want us to lie awake at not thinking about how we can get even and settle the score with them. Man, that's what they want. Jerks want to make a jerk out of us. Uh, don't you think that's what David was doing? David says, you know what I'm going to do? I'll kill him. I'll kill him. Why? Because he's a jerk. Really? Don't you think that's a little extreme? Oh. But I won't stop there. I'll kill all his men, even though they're not jerks. And they've never done anything to harm me. And you know what? I'll kill his family, even though they're certainly innocent and never done anything. You know what David's at doing? He is stooping to Nabal's level. He's going to treat me like a jerk. I'll treat him like a jerk. Yeah. He's, he don't even know what a jerk looks like until I, I'm going to show him what a jerk looks like. I'm going to wipe them off. Let me tell you something. You and I cannot afford to let a jerk make a jerk out of us. You say, why, Ronnie? Because behave like a jerk, and it'll cost you. You'll pay the price. Think about this. Think about what Abigail told David. Do this, and it'll blemish your reputation. You know what it'll cost you to act like a jerk? It'll cost you a reputation you'll say or do something that tarnishes your reputation i told you I, I was born in a hurry i despise checkout lines i remember one day running into angles all i got to get danny is half a gallon of milk that's all i got to get so i grabbed my half gallon of milk get to the checkout line finally get up to the cashier I, i'm not I, I had this whole story i'm not gonna tell those story. this the cashier treated me like a jerk she treated me like a jerk now i don't know how you, what you do but when somebody treats me like a jerk the first thing I do is I have what I call the action fantasy I begin to fantasize what I'm about to do to get even with this jerk so in my mind I'm thinking of a round house with a half gallon of milk <laughs> taking her out as the rest of the store plowed <laughs> take care it's what a jerk deserves I think, you know, I typically am able to maneuver my way through the action fantasy. Now, I haven't always, but I did that day. Now, after the action fantasy comes the verbal fantasy, what I want to say. I've had a harder time navigating this one. Because sometimes as I thinketh, I speaketh. And so there's these words boiling in my mind. They're coming down into my mouth. They're coming right up. And I'm about to lay this jerk in the shade. There's a little voice in my head went, really? That's what you want to do? Because you've worked long and hard to establish credibility in this community. You have a good reputation, and this is the way you want to ruin it? This is this, this coming into my... I'm God asked me a question. It's going, feel, it's going to feel good. Get it out. Say it. You know, retaliate. But what are you going to do Sunday morning? If you walk up behind your little Bible stand and you look out. And sitting in the third row. As that woman you dismantled with your words. Ronnie, there's a lot at stake. You know what I did? I just took my milk and left. <laughs> Don't let a jerk. It's, it's a costly way to live. Uh, she went on to say, David, it'll cost you a clear conscience because you'll regret this for the rest of your life. And, and guys, I wonder how many times some good person, God-fearing person let a jerk make a jerk out of them. And they said or did something they lived to regret. Maybe they went back and apologized, but it was the damage was done. And I think about this, I, I wonder how many blessings we've missed out on. Because what if David had killed Abigail? He missed out on a sensible woman. That's what all you women are thinking. The men are thinking, he missed out on a beautiful woman. I wonder how many blessings we missed out on, or how would miss if we let a jerk make a jerk out of it she said Ronnie what are we supposed to do what advice did Abigail give to David she said don't pay this jerk any attention that's good advice don't pay this jerk any attention you know what David said I got you David rode off went on with his life and left the jerk in the hands of God you know what God proved to him I'm greater than any jerk a few years back, Dr. Bill Childs and I were camping on the banks of Slough Creek in Yellowstone National Park. We had flown 2,000 miles, hiked nine miles up a dusty trail carrying 50 to 55 pound packs. And uh, we made our campsite there on Slough Creek. Slough Creek is a world-class fly fishing destination it harbors a lot of cutthroat trout and all of them are far above average in size but Slough Creek is a difficult creek to fish there are places where it doesn't appear to be moving hence the name Slough it is crystal clear and if, if if you don't have something to disturb the surface of the water like wind you're probably just going to watch a lot of big gorgeous beautiful fish but they're not going to cooperate they're way too smart now about a mile up from us across the creek was another campsite that wasn't open to the public it was an outfitters campsite and they had leased it they lease it for the season and they take their clients who pay a handsome fee in there, and they fished Slough Creek along with us, nobodies. Now, they didn't hike in. They rode in. They didn't carry a pack. A horse carried their pack. You kind of detect a little bitterness in what I'm saying here, but it, it, I'm working through it. Now, in the evening, Bill and I, we would, uh, we would make some dehydrated beef stroganoff and drink water we had treated with iodine, which, by the way, tastes like iodine. And we knew the guys across the creek were eating a big Montana T-bone steak and probably sipping expensive whiskey. That's okay. The next morning we get up. We have a bowl of iodine-flavored oatmeal (laughs) and a cup of iodine-flavored coffee we got our fly rods, we go down to Slough Creek, and it is dead calm, and I'm not catching anything. I mean, not a thing. I look, coming from this outfitter's camp, is a gentleman I like to affectionately describe as a dude. He's coming to me like a freight train. He's got on a white cowboy hat, a white western shirt, wranglers, and cowboy boots. Probably the first horse he'd ever seen is the one he rode in on the night before. <laughs> he has a little fly fishing jacket. I've got a fly rod. As he gets close to me, he strips off about 15 to 20 feet of fly line. And about 50 to 60 yards, he slaps the water with the fly line and rips it off. Every few feet, he does this until he gets to me. Then he went around me, and he went down to Bill. He kept doing the same thing. Goes around Bill, goes down, doing the same thing. Now, I'm naive. I don't get out much. I don't get out much. I'm thinking this guy's the worst fly fisherman I've ever seen I stepped down to Bill and I said what what was that all about he said he is mad that we're fishing this river and so he intentionally came down through here sabotaging it so that we wouldn't catch any fish today I flew 2,000 miles I hiked nine miles carrying a 55 pound pack. I paid good money. You know, I'll be honest with you. Can you tell I'm mad? Because I tried to tell Lynn a story yesterday, and I just wanted to pull over the side of the road and whip something. You know, I'm like, I get to think about it. I'm so, I, I, I got so angry. Man, I'm just seething with anger. And, I'm, and, and what happens? You know what I'm realizing? I'm having a jerk encounter. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, and I've run into a jerk. So I start having my visual fantasy, uh, my action fantasy, my action fantasy. And I'm not going to go into details. So all I wanted to do to the man, I wanted to kick his tail. I thought, I'm, I'm 2,000 miles from the house. The only one that knows me here is Bill. I'm on vacation. Why not? Well, why not get a piece of him, you know? <laughs> Bill won't tell I'm pretty good at suppressing the action fantasy. Then came the verbal fantasy. And I thought, now he deserves this. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to catch him and I'm going to give this Joker a piece of my mind. How dare he? Let me tell you something. You know, nope, I'm going to tell you what I want to say. You know what? Fortunately for me, kind of like David had Abigail as a voice of reason going, Dr. Childs said, wait, wait a minute, let this go, don't you let this man ruin our trip, don't you let him ruin our day, let's just fish, playing it back, this is kind of what I heard, Ronnie, there are jerks everywhere, and we just ran into Don't let that jerk make a jerk out of you. Don't pay him any attention. Let's go back to what we're doing. I took a deep breath. I turned in the direction of the creek. And I learned a great, great lesson. As I turned in the direction of that creek, you know what happened to him? The wind started blowing. I only know one person can make the wind blow. Do you know who I'm talking about? That Wyoming wind began to sweep down over Slough Creek, and guess what it did? That surface that was as smooth as the glass looked like the ocean. There was chop all over it. I took out my fly. I dropped it on the water, and boom! I'm telling you, man, a brute of a cutthroat trot. Took, I'm fighting it. I look back, Bill's got, oh, man. And <laughs> for hours. We fished all the water that men sabotaged and caught dozens and dozens of brutish cutthroat trout. You want to learn that day? God is greater than any jerk. He blessed us in spite of the jerk, and that's how great our God is. So here you go, guys. There are jerks everywhere. You're going to have some jerk encounters this week. You're going to have some jerk encounters. you got to remember this. God is greater than any jerk you encounter this week. Don't let a jerk make a jerk out of you. You pay him no attention. You ignore him. You move on. And let God bless you the way he wants to bless you. Let's pray together. Father, I think I get what you're saying to us, and I think you, it's, as your people, you have you have a way of living that you expect from all of us. And I certainly hope and pray that we're not jerks. But God, I think the bigger thing here that you're dealing with is sometimes we let jerks make a jerk out of us. It costs us, but I really believe in the end, it embarrasses you. I pray that we walk out here today determined that we're not going to stoop to a jerk's level. Never. Ever again. And we're going to trust you. We're just going to let you be God. Jerks don't have any say in the quality of our lives. Only you do. So we're going to trust you. When we're treated like a jerk, when we encounter counter a jerk, we're going to just...